Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Five Tool Productions studios. I'm Phil DiMartino here with Tyler Pyburn. We are here talking about the event content checklist, which is all the other stuff you need to get at your event. Not just the stuff you're thinking about, all the other stuff. Um, we have done this checklist in many forms, in many yeah. different ways. Over the last several years, but honestly, it's evolved because there's new things that we've yes. seen, new things that we've um, came up with and different ideas. And just obviously, since we started doing this, the whole COVID thing happened. So that, oh, that all thing. changed things yeah. a little bit as well. Changed so. the events industry, changed you know the idea of how you cover events, all of that stuff. But bottom line is we're here to talk about all the other stuff to capture at events and really Looking ahead, we're going to break down this program into three parts. It's going to be what to do before an event, what to do during an event, what to do after an event. And they all work in tandem with one another. They do. That's the big thing that while we're breaking this up into three sections, and you should think of it as three sections, the big thing for you to know is that there is crossover and it kind of feeds, you know, the pre-show feeds the yep. during the show. During the show feeds what you actually do after the event as well. So, and it kind of becomes a life cycle of content. Yeah. Tyler, you mentioned the idea that this is all cyclical and everything works together. And I think that's an important place to start with this whole conversation. Pre-event feeds the live event, live event feeds post-event, and then the part that a lot of people struggle with right until it gets to be time, you know, right before your next event, post-event should be feeding pre-event, but that needs to happen right after the event, not a month before your next event. Well, well the big thing to remember is, you know, Think of it this way. The content that you create leading up to the event is try to get people to the event. Those people that are then at the event, you want to leverage them, not just for them to you know, spend ticket sales to go ahead and be there, but you want them to be your thought leaders because they're there for a reason. So interview them, talk to them, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So that way you can leverage that for post-event content, and that post-event content is there to help drive sales for next year's events yes. as well. So that's the reasoning for the kind of that <laughs> cyclical um, time frame that you actually put together. It all it all, it all works feeds, in hand. It all feeds every event feeds the next event, not just events, but the rest of your content marketing machine. Um, Pre-event, so you know this is kind of where the magic happens, right? Pre-event is where the magic happens. This is where the work gets done for the event itself, after the event, everything. Pre-event is the most critical part. What we're going to talk about right here is um, some of the things that you can do before your event to help um, make the most of your event itself. The first thing on the event content checklist um, in the run-up to your event is rolling out relevant content um, for the event itself. You see some examples here of an event that we ran with Brandeis University this fall. Um, they rolled out a ton of content branded towards the event that was all, um, all different types of content, but all super relevant to the, to the themes of the day. Um, it's crucial to do this. You set the tone, you get people excited, you drive registrations, um, and ultimately, whether or not people actually tune into the event and you get registrations up, you're spreading the gospel of all the things you're going to spread in your event for a prolonged period of time. But thinking about what are the key themes and messages of our event and how do we get that content out there before the event ever happens to boost the event, but also just to continue our marketing and make us look smart and make our customers continue to love us and care about us and take the actions we want them to take. Mm -hmm. So, and, and what's interesting about this is that not, I mean, obviously this was a, a fun event, a, a, a giving day, if you will, right? So this event was a fun philanthropic message and right, we want to make sure that people are, are excited to give back on a day. Now, your event might not necessarily be about that. It might be about healthcare. It might be about um, just general marketing. I mean, obviously there's uh, events all over the world about different topics. You might not necessarily have a, a mascot running around mm -hmm. on campus, but sure. you can still talk with your thought leaders leading up to the event about why it's important, reminding folks that 
yes, there is an event coming up on this date and you need to participate and be a part of these conversations that do take place. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the, the idea of thought leaders actually directly leads us to the next point on the event content checklist, leveraging influencers. Yeah. Um, your influencers are the people who are the, basically the really smart people in the field who have trust, who you know, your attendees and your potential attendees and your customers look at as people that they should trust and care about what they have to say. Mm -hmm. So working with those influencers in your pre-event content um, is going to give you a leg to stand on when you promote the event to say, wow, this event has these people involved. These people, um, I trust you know, Tyler in you know, video marketing, so when I'm gonna sign up for this event to hear him talk about video marketing, I know that they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, there's another benefit here too of leveraging influencers, which is just kind of the second level content that you get out of it. Um, which, what I mean by that is, you know, your influencers have their own networks, right? Yeah. And if they're in your field and they're, you know, people who, um, you know, can speak to the types of topics that your company speaks about, their networks matter to you too. So giving them content pre-event also expands the reach beyond your own mailing list and your own audience as well. The best worst example of this is the Fire Festival. Right, yes. if you actually think about right. this, right? The Fire Festival was just a horrendous event, <laughs> poorly executed, not a lot of planning. Crushed However, influencer one of marketing. The best though. things they did was just remarkable influencer marketing. They had Emily Ratajkowski, like I mean, a bunch of people, influencers, come to this remote island. They filmed it, the using drones and incredible stock footage as well, <laughs> and it was just beautiful. And then those influencers then went and posted up on their social channels and said, "I'm going to be at the Fire Festival. You better be there. It's going to be the event you won't want to miss." Well, it was the event you. Don't want to miss for all the wrong reasons but that is the power of influencer marketing right tapping into folks with those social networks to mo go ahead and make sure that they're spreading the gospel if you will about the event and why you need to attend and why you need to be there right and who had ever heard of you know billy whatever his name was before before that event but you know everybody followed at least one person who posted about the fire festival yep. you know one influencer who posted about the fire festival in the run-up to that event those way, orange somehow. tiles right yep a coordinated strategy that's going to leverage those networks, whether it's cut a quick promo for me or, hey, here's a toolkit of things to post, post it on these dates. Um, when you think about driving awareness around your event, this is one of the best ways to do it. And it's something we talk about with everybody, even with something like a giving day. It's how do we get your student organizations and the on-campus partners to have content that they want to post so that their networks know about the event that's coming up. Um, critically important because your audience can only go so far. Even a, even an organization with the most bought in, the most engaged audience, your audience is what it is, and you don't have the second level reach that some of these other influencers are gonna have. And when we say influencer, it doesn't mean it has to be a million followers either, right? No, and that's the thing, your students, right? If you're on campus, your students are influencers, whether you like yep. it or not. They're the ones that can go ahead and spread the word probably better than anybody else can because they have a following. And the other piece to remember is that we're talking about small social, you know, micro content, but also if you're just launching something, using Fire Festival as mm -hmm. an example, right? They had, like you said, the, the orange tiles, but they also shot an incredible launch video. Yes. And you were Talk talking about, about launch videos in a second, Tyler. Try not to jump I like the gun to jump too the gun. much. Okay? I try to get excited about things. Good so Lord. that's where I am. Go ahead. You take it where you want to go. I'll sit back. Around. Continue your point. I'm just bothering I was, you. See, I'm so used to hosting that I saw that that was the next point. I was like, hey, maybe I'll bring us there. That'll be fine. <laughs> so go right ahead. Okay. Next up is uh, creating and using sponsor content. So sponsors are a really important part of the event um, as well. 
And you know, maybe in retrospect, I should have done this when promos and launch videos came after influencers. Is what it is. Uh, we'll get back to the fire festival in a second. Sponsors. Yeah. Um, sponsors can be thought leaders, yes. right? Um, so they can tie in really, really to the point we just made, right? The people who are sponsoring your event are also going to be movers and shakers in the field, but also they're paying you to be a part of this event, and they expect certain things out of it. Working with your sponsors to cre create pre-event content is a really good way to show them some extra love, mm -hmm. get extra eyes in the event, and really boost awareness around it all at the same time. What are some of the things you think about when you look at sponsor content um, leading up to an event? Well, it's really interesting because there's two different ways of thinking of this, right? Like there are traditional conferences, but then there's trade shows as well. And a lot of times trade shows, I particularly go to trade shows to see what specific vendors mm -hmm. are going to be showcasing, what they're going to be talking about, what they're going to be releasing. So you'll see it that a lot of times that for trade shows specifically, that a lot of those um, sponsors will go ahead and say, I'm going to kind of almost pre-release what yep. I'm going to be talking about, right? We're going to go ahead and say, I'm going to, I'm excited to be at this event and I'm going to be talking about this launch, this new feature with my camera, whatever it may be. Those are some of the little things um, that I really like. But then when you go to not necessarily a trade show, but a conference, there are going to be vendors that are sponsoring the event. Those vendors are thought leaders in the industry. Now, obviously when you're on site, they're going to be pitching their product to you, but they have great thoughts and ideas. There's a reason why they came up with that product to help service the industry. So tapping into them, just doing simple interviews with them and saying, you know, tell us what's going on in the industry. What are your thoughts? What, how do you view the, the video production industry, right? As a sponsor of this event, what do you think is next? Guess what? That's going to entice people to not only come to the event, but visit them at the booth, not to mention that um, company then can become an influencer on their own. So this kind of goes hand in hand with what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and I think your point, um, you know, looking at some of the bigger trade shows like the Consumer Electronics Show, the National yep. Association of Broadcaster Shows, the ones we're interested in yeah, in our course. industry, um, I'm always pumped when those shows are coming up because you know that some of the-, the I'm gonna see the latest and greatest technology. The brands right? that we use are gonna release new products and we're gonna get to see content about it. Um, you know, I think, Beyond that, you talk about a traditional conference, one of the things that sometimes happens is like, you almost feel like you're just getting spammed by sponsors. Yep. And how can you create content that's thought leadership content with your sponsors? Put them in the right position to succeed so that people see an interview with your sponsor in advance of the event and they say, that person seems smart, I wanna go talk to that person at the mm -hmm. conference. Help them drive more sales from the conference so they wanna sponsor with you next year, but also, just create something valuable and relevant for your attendees so they're not spending the three weeks before your conference being like, I'm just getting spammed here, nothing nothing really relevant is coming along. Um, yep. So there's really smart ways to do it that are you know, valuable to your attendees, valuable to your sponsors, and valuable to you. It's that classic win, win, win. You know what else is a win, 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 Tyler? Launch videos. Launch videos are a win, win, win. <laughs> I was just excited for these. I want to talk about launch videos. I launch videos one. are indeed a win, win, win. So. Um, Every event, you know, should have a launch video in some in some way, shape, or form, right? Video is, you know, the primary dominant media on yeah. social right now. Um, really great launch video can go a long way towards conveying a lot of message subtly about your event and not so subtly in terms of dates and times and reasons to go. What makes a great launch video? Excitement. Excitement, excitement, excitement. I, I honestly say you have to 
we always used to joke, it was like excite, engage, educate, right? Those were kind of the three things your um, videos wanted to go ahead and do. But if you want to excite someone, get them pumped up about something that's coming, but also don't forget the messaging about what your event is actually about. Like the examples that you're seeing right now are you know, college giving days. Whatever your event is about, make sure that you tell people what they are going to expect there. And again, get them excited about being on location or attending remotely, whatever it may be. You want to make sure that, yes, I'm telling about the, the nuts and bolts of the amount of speakers and who are the great attendees. And maybe, honestly, the big exciting piece is your keynote speaker. Mm -hmm. You want to hear from XYZ person that is the, the, the top speaker in the industry, in the marketing industry, in the video production, in the healthcare industry, whatever it may be. Um, but those are the draws. What are the draws? And sometimes in pre-events, you might survey, what are the exciting things that you're excited to be here about? Why do you want to attend? And then say, okay, great. We're going to take those points, put it into our... Um, pre-show launch video, and we're going to then throw it out to the world for people to get excited about. Right, and I think there's a lot of different approaches you can take to this. Um, yeah. There's no right or wrong. No, honestly. but it is, you should be thoughtful about it, right? And if you're saying we want to market to an audience of students, for example, yep. you know, you probably don't want to try to get bogged down in too, too many details. You want it to be something yep. fun. Something, you know, we always talk about stopping the scroll. Yep. What's going to make a yeah. student stop the scroll? Um, and that might have to be something fun and goofy and totally off the wall. Now that doesn't mean you need to spend, you know, $100,000 on, on a video, but it might mean you need to get, you know, a stodgy administrator to do something that they never thought that they would do before, so it surprises people. So, pre-event. We talked about pre-event setting the foundation for post-event. Yep. Planning is everything, um, yep. and you should be at, now we're transitioning kind of from what you're creating pre-event to thinking about the event itself. The so, event. Yep. you have to make a plan pre-event for post-event. What are you going to get at your event that you're going to use after the event? This is the best time to worry about post-event is before you ever get there because you only have one chance to capture this stuff. And what ends up happening, I mean, anybody that's ever planned any event at all, you know that once you're on site, you're handling, you know, power going out, internet yes. drops, right? The other small logistics. little logistics that yep. you don't have time to be planning for. Oh, you know what would be great if we captured this person <laughs> doing an interview for post-event coverage. That doesn't happen on site. You do not have time for that. You have to come in with the strategy out of the event of what are we going to capture during the event that we can leverage for post-event, right? You, you just have to have that mindset. And when, you know, our team, and you may have met some of these folks, when Marissa and David and Brooklyn and Connor go on site to an event, they have a list in front of them that says, we're capturing these things for these purposes. If they go in blind and just say, we're capturing the event and we'll see what we create after the fact, that makes things significantly more challenging for them and your end products aren't going to be as good. So the basic idea here as we talk about during event is, what do you want post-event? So during the event, there's a lot to do during your event. Tyler mentioned logistics. Um, that is going to be primarily what you're worried about because you want to make sure people are having a good experience. But the content creation needs to be happening while all of the logistics of your event are happening as well. And the first thing to think about are what types of content are we going to be capturing to make our event live on? There's all different types of things we can do and we're going to get into a bunch of these um, as, as we talk here, but these are just some of the examples that come up all the time when we talk to people pre-event. You need to have photos, you need to have highlight reels, attendee testimonials, right? You need to have a team that is dedicated on-site to be just absolute animals mm -hmm. that are just capturing, capturing, capturing. And to that point, this is content that can be used for later, but it can also be content that can be used during the event as well. You know, one of the great events that we attended at the end of the um, fall, beginning of the winter, was STAT. 
And one of the conversations we had is how do you cover an event like a media company? Well, they are a media company. So one of the things that they were doing with photos in, in particular that I loved was, you know, we take a few photos and they'd meet us at each co at the coffee breaks, at the lunch breaks, and at the end of the day, hey, can we get some of those photos from the first part of the day? Because we want to make sure we're posting high quality photos to our, not just to our stories, but to all of our social feeds. So there's just the little things that you could be doing, not just to capture for post event, but capturing for during the event as well. So leveraging those photos more than just a cell phone as well. And I'm really glad you said that because this first example that we're going to talk about, the 360 video booth, yep. is a perfect example of during event content that can be used in the moment, but can also be used to leverage things after the event. So 360 video booth, you know, what, what is it? You've worked with a lot of these. What is it and why is it a yeah, useful we, tool? We've used it, we've seen it, and one of the things that we always talk about is having some sort of photo booth, right? Think of it as your video photo booth. So a 360 booth is just a better photo booth, in my opinion, honestly. It's something fun where folks can stand on, they can pose, it wraps around them um, two or three times. But what's great about it is you can capture it for to use for post-event because you'll have hundreds of these going ahead uh, being left over. But also, you people can then take it and they can share it immediately with your branding already on it. The uh, example that you just saw was actually from the Embrace Gala that happened a few weeks ago right in Boston. A, a fantastic uh, kind of three-day event, if you will, but it wrapped up with an event on location and um, it was hundreds of people on site. The, the line for that was hysterical, honestly, because everybody saw it and they said, oh, that looks fun. And then more people joined and more people joined. And the beauty of it was that they were then sharing that immediately afterwards. As soon as they stepped off, they got a notification, they had a QR code that they could scan, they scanned the QR code, they uploaded it and they posted about it immediately. That right there shows people, hey, you're missing out from being here at this event. And then afterwards, in case they didn't share it, send them a reminder, hey, here is this event. Not to mention what Kyle is going to harp on, I'm sure he's going to tell, hey, you didn't talk about the data because they then put in their email address, they have their phone number. You have the data from the event as well um, left over, whether it's a, uh, a super serious event, mm -hmm. whether it's just a standard yeah, marketing Embrace conference. was a gala. I mean, that Embrace was a fancy was a gala. event. That was a fancy event, and that was about you know a big, massive celebration. But you know, even if it's a tech conference, yep. here's, don't here's underestimate how much fun people have with these things. I, I'm going to say something that might be controversial now, and I, I know we try to shy away from controversial topics on these this webinars. This is the biggest lie I've ever so heard. I'm going to say something really controversial right now. People like to have fun. I, I know, I know it's gonna I know it's gonna really hurt for Amazing, to hear that. Right? I, sometimes people look at these events and they're like, uh, no, you know, this leadership person isn't gonna want to do this. It's not that kind of event. People don't, like don't to have fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. Re remember, they are people, right? Right? Like they are people at the end. Yes, they might be there for their job. They might be there for education. But don't neglect the idea that people want to have fun. They want to enjoy themselves at these conferences as well. And they want to. The type of content that they want to share, in addition to the impact content, if it's a nonprofit, this amazing story of how the organization helped people is me having fun with my colleagues and fellow thought yeah. leaders at an event. Give them a reason to tweet. Give them a reason to post. Give them something to share. It, it goes a long way. Um, another thing that we're seeing happen more and more at events um, is really creating, you know, the 360 video booth is an interesting thing. You're creating you know, a 10 second clip. Yep. We're also seeing people look to create more long form content at event. And this speaks really to the fact that uh, an event or a conference is the one time of year where you have all of these people under one roof 
do not let the opportunity go by to talk to them. And that comes in the, in the form of podcast booths. Yeah, sit down with some of these thought leaders that, again, you have attendees that might be coming from California, from Boston, from Florida, all at the same point at the exact same time. Why not record a podcast? Have a section that, one, people will say, what is going on here? There's microphones in this random booth, right? There's, they could talk about the buzz that's taking place, but they can also talk about what's going on in the industry as well. And here's the other piece of this. You can do two things. You can take it, capture it, record it, post it later. That's part of your post-event strategy. You can also go ahead and live stream mm -hmm. that as well. You don't have to live stream all of them, but say, go in with the plan, going back to what we said before. Have the plan in advance that I'm going to capture three, four podcasts. Schedule those out for the, the one day, two day, three days of your conference and say, you know what? I'm going to capture four of them that I'm gonna put in the bank and I'm gonna go ahead and use those for post-production later on post-event. And I'm gonna take one of those and I'm going to live stream those during the event as well. That allows you to then say, I have during the show content and post-show content. But again, this is the mindset of you have these thought leaders there, whether you like it or not. I hope you like it that the thought yeah. leaders are there. Schedule time with them. Yep. Schedule time for those interviews. And from a sales perspective and what this looks like in the why, it's not just a content creation standpoint. It's this opportunity of having you as an event organizer or sponsor yep. be able to say, here's an additional reason for you to come and sit down with me and spend a half hour. It's not just me reaching out and saying, hey, hey Tyler, you know, I know you're coming to this event. I'd love if you come by and we can sit down and chat. Okay, oh, I have a million things to do. There's sessions I want to go to. As opposed to, hey Tyler, why don't you come join me at the podcast booth and we'll have an awesome conversation about yep. this topic that you're interested in. It is still a sales conversation. It's one-on-one -on -one time with me and you, but it's doing it in a way that's respectful of your, of your guests and your potential sales prospect, but it's also going to be interesting for them and is going to be interesting for you and your audience too. Another yep. classic win-win-win. We're all about wins. The next option here um, for how to enhance the experience at an event, a headshot booth. So thinking about the type of thing that you can do as a value add for people coming to an event, um, professional headshots. If you go on LinkedIn, um, you might notice that a lot of people actually have pretty crappy headshots. Um, and that's just, you know, it's not their fault. It's people not their have fault. headshots a lot it's of times. They haven't honestly, had an opportunity to get a good headshot. Really, when was the last time you had a professional photographer at your business, especially now that everybody's working remotely? But when is a, your headshot that you're using relevant anymore or not something that was cropped with other people in it for a long time phil i know that it was your wedding picture it sure right? was that you actually because cropped in a tux what but, else did i look here's clean shaven and professional that's the thing a lot of folks don't actually have these professional headshots right so get, having something like this set up and it the footprint of these small is very small yes. right so we're not talking about anything that's taking up a huge footprint in your space having those headshots does not matter what the actual conference is about headshot, if it's a professional conference, if it's a regional sales kickoff, whatever it may be, having those available, people are going to like that. They're going to then post it. They're going to probably even say, I got my headshot at that event. That's an interesting thing I was just going to say. I would say don't brand these. No, you Make do them not brand clean. these. No. Count on the people. It's a goodwill gesture. Let them be smart. It's a goodwill <laughs> gesture, and it's something that people are going to look at. And next year, when they're signing up for your conference, they're going to say, "That was. That, I remember that was pretty cool. I got a headshot out it, of that conference." It goes back to the experience for yes. the conference, right? Not everything is going to be, you know, directed to marketing. And yes, you're going to have to spend the money to have a photographer there. First of all, you probably already have a photographer there. You might have to spend for a dedicated photographer for this. Um, 
it is a data collection effort. Have people leave their have people leave their cards there, right? Mm -hmm. Have people in order to get their headshots, you have to send it to them after the event, obviously. Let them outreach. Exactly. Another chance to have a conversation. Have someone from your organization there chatting with people as they come through. But mostly, it is a goodwill thing to say, this event was awesome. You should go to it. I want to go back next year. Yep. No question. Um, next up on the list, probably the most obvious element of our event content checklist. Hopefully you are doing this, but the reality is lots of people still are not doing this at their events, and that is straight up capturing the sessions on the stage for on-demand. Mm -hmm. So a lot you can do with it. We'll talk about that in a second, but yep. stage capture. You can go to events where people aren't capturing all the stage What's, sessions. It, it blows my mind that they don't actually do it, and they just want to capture for the in-room audience. What about for post-production? What about for getting people to sign up? What about taking that content and splitting it up? Again, we'll, we'll get into the different ways that you can leverage it, but it, it's not even a, yeah, just check the box type thing anymore. This is a necessity. You need to have this on site, and there's really inexpensive ways to do it, too. Mm -hmm. right? you, you don't necessarily need a, you know 500 cameras all over the place. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where obviously there are specific situations if you know you, you pay for a keynote speaker or something and they have, you know, a part of their contract says you can't capture this, whatever. Yep. The specific exclusions apply. Generally, this is just this is just a freebie, right? If you have an event and you have people speaking on stage, that is content that you can and should use throughout the course of the year. You can have the full session up on YouTube that you direct people to who care about long form. You can have quick snippets that you can use to drive um, social media views. You can have snippets that end up becoming blog posts that help you with SEO and feeding the content machine on your website. You can turn them into audio waveforms. You can turn them into quote graphics on social. You can turn this into something that can support your marketing efforts for literally the entire year. If you have yeah. five sessions at an event and it's all content that's about- Not to mention about, the breakout sessions. Right? Not to mention breakouts. <laughs> but if you have five sessions at an event, hour long each, call it, that are all relevant to the topics you talk about in your day-to-day, -day, that can that can and should propel you through at least six months. I think, honestly, a lot of people look at it and say, I'm not going to capture the main stage because nobody's watching the full session. And I tend to agree with them. They I, I probably aren't going to go back and watch something that happened. You know, when was the last time you went back and watched a football game that you missed? Sure. Talking, yeah. Going back to my yeah. NFL, because I love the NFL, right? There's very seldomly do you go back and say, oh, I missed the game. I'm going to go watch it a week later. Watch no, the highlights. I've watched the highlights, <laughs> but I'm not going to. But exactly right. You might see highlights from that game. You might see um, images from that game. You might see different individual plays from that game. It's the exact same thing when you're capturing the stage. Take sound bites from it. Like you were just saying, I'm going to say the exact same thing you did because I agree with you. It's not the entire session that people care about. It's the little mm -hmm. pieces, the micro pieces of content that come out of the main stage content that you should be trying to leverage. But by the way, for the even for the full session, if all you do is just transcribe it and put it yep. up on your site, that helps from an SEO perspective and it helps from a written content perspective. And it's just, there's a million little things you should do that mm -hmm. you shouldn't ignore. Um, and, and it's a huge missed opportunity if you don't do it. And if and you have a conference and you don't capture the stage, um, you should never... <laughs> Listen to a marketing person if they says they don't if they say they don't have enough content. You have enough content. You just yeah. didn't you just didn't approach this I mean, the right way. The content is there. Simple way. Take your <laughs> your stage session, transcribe it, then load that into ChatGPT and tell ChatGPT, <laughs> hey, could you write me a blog post and take out three quotes from this transcript? It will go ahead and do that. Then you go ahead and refine it, reword it to make sure that it's grammatically correct and sound like your brand, right? 
very simple, guess what? You just created a blog post out of that that has references. Yep. You can then embed your player inside yep. it. So just it, it, there's more to it than just we're going to capture the stage and post the video on demand and Tyler, hope that people get it. I think that that's called creating smarter. I, I'm not 100% sure. I think, that, I think that's called creating smarter. Um, <laughs> we talked about the stage. That's where your, um, your big speakers live. That's where the keynote lives. That's where your panels live. But what about the regular attendees? We talked about the 360 video booth. That's one way to get them involved, but there's lots of other ways to do it that are a little more passive and don't even require you to be there, and that's thinking of spaces that allow for user-generated content. Um, these can be little curated spaces. It can be places where you come to get giveaways, interactive spaces. Um, Think about the Instagram factor, which comes to mind when I see like neon lights on a nice grass wall like this. Um, and think about how these can feed a social hub. We've seen lots of events do this in lots of different ways, but the basic idea is everyone wants to take pictures of themselves in places that looks cool, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, what is that for your event? It's gonna be different for different events. Yep. But like, come up with whatever that is. I think you talked about an example we're always talking about football, and maybe it makes it seem like that's the only thing we care about. It's not, but how the Patriots used to go around in the parking lot and yep. let you take green screen photos where they would um, superimpose a player in next to them, right? Yeah, so Verizon was one of the sponsors of the Patriots, and this was an event that I worked at basically every single weekend, honestly, um, for a couple of years. And what they would do, they would have a person with a backpack, a photographer, with a simple DSLR connected to it, and had a MiFi card. So they would go into the parking lot, take a picture of people posing, and they would say, hey, in order for you to get this picture of you standing next to Gerard Mayo at the time, you have to go to the Verizon booth. Again, this is a way to attract people back and get it printed. They would then put their email address in and they'd print it out and guess what? You then have data capture mm -hmm. and you also have people walking back into your booth to see the latest and greatest phones. That's one thing. The other thing when we talk about having those spaces in particular, I always love to use the example of Nashville, the wings. Yes. Painted up on the wall. Yep. If you ever actually been to Nashville, you'll see there's a line that's probably two blocks long of people waiting to have just a quick Instagram picture taken with the Nashville wings, right? What are your Nashville wings? What are the spots in your conference or trade show that people are going to want to say, I need to take my picture next to a Around, right? One of the accounts that I love to follow for this, go on Instagram, follow BizBash, B-I-Z-B-A-S-H. That's your finger <laughs> pointing at me in that screen right there. But BizBash, they do a great job at showing off just events in general and some of the wonderful backdrops that people can just pose in front of, take a picture in front of. And, you know, HubSpot, their inbound conference is a great example of it, right? We saw it when it was in its infancy and it's grown, but they've seen and they realized the way we can get more people talking about it is give them more places to take pictures in yes. front of that makes it seem like, hey, you want to be here. Don't you have FOMO? Look how cool this yes. backdrop is, right? And ideally, there's a ton of people in everyone's social networks posting from there. Exactly. Post-event, we started to talk about this because uh, ultimately everything you do during the event should lead to post-event, but there's a lot to do post-event as well. Um, and you know, you need to be thoughtful about this, um, but let's start off with you know, one, of the, one of, in my mind, the easier wins, which is photography. So every event should have still photography. Yeah. I, I can't stress it enough, just like the stage capture, it's just one of those things and professional photography. Like tons of people are gonna take cell phone photos and that's yep. great. You should have a photographer documenting your event. Um, you're gonna get much better photos of people, again, that they're actually gonna wanna share and that you're gonna wanna share and that feel branded for you and there's a lot you can do with it post-event. Now, one of the pitfalls is don't just take them and then dump Upload them up on album. the internet and hope people will do stuff with them, right? Don't do an album drop. 
it is not like saying <laughs> album drop like it's a singer. Don't don't just literally post an entire album. That's probably one of the biggest mistakes that we see people see is they get a ton of pictures. They get 4,000 pictures from a three-day event. They upload the entire thing and that is it. No, don't do that. I will literally scream at the top of my lungs if I see yeah, You can make the album, but you know, do other stuff too. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's just it. it can't be, that can't be the only thing you do. You have to have the pictures and you have to upload them you know, individually. Like you said before, make quote graphics of it. Show people how much fun we're having. Leverage the, the pictures from the stage. Leverage the pictures from the, the crowd, the audience, throughout the course of the year to remind people why it was so much fun to be on site. Yeah, and you know, this is another one of those things where it's like if you don't do it and then people say we don't have enough content, it's like, I, I don't know what to tell you, should have captured photos at the event because yeah. it's gonna feed your channels and your emails and everything else in a million different ways and just spice things up and make it feel so much more real than if you don't have these high quality So when photos. you are putting this together, make sure that you tell your photographer, hey, these are the sessions that I wanna make sure that you get a, um, a picture of this speaker, yep. that speaker, these shots. Make sure we're showing diversity in our photos, yes. right? Going into it with a plan for post-production or post-shareability um, is, is huge. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's take a second to talk about on-demand video content. Um, this comes in a lot of forms. We're gonna talk about a couple of specific ones, but we talked about a lot of different video capture. We talked about stage sessions. Um, it goes beyond stage sessions and beyond 360 video booths. Um, one of the forms that this can take is in the form of sponsor and attendee testimonials. Um, we talked about podcast booths and things like that as well. Those can be video in addition to audio, yep. but also putting aside time to interview sponsors or attendees to get testimonials about the event is a really good way to get the energy of the event, but also start thinking about your next year and what you're gonna use in marketing to try to convince people to come to your next year's event. Well, the reason why we talk about, po and we were laughing about this when we were putting it together, is that if you don't plan ahead of time and you don't look at things ahead of time in advance and say, okay, I need to create this content coming out of it and um, interview people at, while I'm on site. Afterwards, the event's gonna be over, you're gonna be like, ah, and you're gonna forget about it entirely. But if you come into the event with that actual plan of saying, I'm going to create out of this a sponsor video, an attendee highlight video, and that means I'm going to interview on location 15 attendees, five sponsors, then guess what? Afterwards, you have one montage, video montage of all the sponsors. You then have five individual um, super uh, dedicated features to each individual sponsors. Then you could take little clips that can go on social, use those throughout. Guess what, those 15 attendee interviews that you did, the exact same thing. You could have one main um, focus, one main video that you're gonna go ahead and leverage, and then you could have 15 little individual feature videos. And yep. then you could have social clips coming out of that. So again, going back to the mindset of planning ahead of time to say, I wanna make sure that we interview five attendees, five sponsors, in the hopes that post-event, I'm gonna have a sponsor video, I'm going to have an attendee video, and here's the other piece, don't just ask people about questions the of, about yeah. the event. Yep. Uh, a great example you just saw was the, the NUIA conference, right? It's the New England um, ex Water Executive Association. So that is just all water professionals in the area. They don't just talk about why is this conference great, they also talk about what's the benefit of the, the 50th anniversary of the Clean Water Act, mm -hmm. right? Getting your people to talk about specific topics on site, that way you can then leverage that after the event, and it's something that people are going to watch. As much as you think people want to watch uh, videos about 
you know, people saying how great your conference is, they actually want to hear the thought leadership content more than anything else. So that's the important thing to do when you're talking about on location. Yes, I want to ask them, what, what did you like about this event? Why was it wonderful? But also talk about what are the big trends in the industry? What are you seeing right now? What are you here focusing on? What have you heard that you're going to now immediately take into your day-to-day -day work? What is your day-to-day -day work? What are some of the struggles you're having, right? These are some of the very basic questions that you can ask that will then gain a lot more um, thought leadership pieces out of it in post-production for post-event. Yeah, and if your event's in February, what are the big things in your industry happening in March, April, and May? Yes, ask, exactly. Ask people questions about those topics so that when March comes around, you say, oh my goodness, it's this, this big benchmark thing is happening in my industry. What do you know? I've got 10 thought leaders talking about it. I can put together a nice little video without having to bother anybody. Yep. Um, the highlight reel is another thing that's kind of an easy win. You're capturing all of this content. Um, the event was great. It looked beautiful. People had a great time. You know, you talk about people not watching full events and full sessions after the fact. Well, if people went, you know, 200 people, 500 people, 1,000 people went to your event, um, what they will watch after the event is a nice quick little one to two minute wrap up of the event and feel those warm and fuzzies and say, wasn't it nice that X organization hosted such a nice event? Um, in terms of following up with people after the event, um, there's an important element here that I want to make sure we touch on before we wrap up the show, and that's personalizing your follow-up. Yep. Um, what does that mean to you? Why, does, why is it important, and what are some ways you can do it? So one of the big things that we're seeing now, though, the example you're seeing here is from a company called Thankview, which we've worked with in the past, and they're, they're awesome. But what this does, it allows you to do direct outreach to either an attendee, a sponsor, and just say thank you to them. Thanks for attending. I really appreciate the conversation that we had. If you actually think about it, if you get a personalized email from somebody, or if you just get a general email from the conference that says, hey, I hope you had a great time. Here's the, the links to watch the on-demand content. That's fine, but why not take it one step further and say, hey, Phil, I know you were at the conference. It was a great time. I am hope you really enjoyed these sessions because if they log in, they have some sort of lead retrieval. You know what sessions they enjoyed. You can say, I know you saw those. The links are in this email. And this is a video that you can go ahead and put in an email to somebody right. and say, hey, just below, go ahead and click here because we want to make sure that you can um, see some of the things that you missed or maybe didn't get a chance to or relive some of the memories that you had. Um, hope to see you again next year and spread the good word about this, right? Like it just goes a long way. I know I we received a thank you at one point in time yep. from a, a, a colleague um, and we said, wow, that was actually- It was nice. It was nice. Yeah. It was a nice touch. And I think what you just said is, is really important, which is just, what do you want to get? Yeah. <laughs> if you go to an event, you know, what kind of follow-up do you want to get? Think about that and do that for your event attendees. Yep. That's the something? checklist. You got anything else? What else you got? I mean, there's a bunch of other little things, but we need like a couple hours for that. Yeah. And we're good. All right. <laughs> well, that's the event content checklist. Um, I think we covered a lot of ground. I think that there's a lot of good takeaways here. But as always, if you'd like to talk about more things with us, um, you can always do so. I'm Phil. You can find me at phil at 5toolproductions.com or on LinkedIn. Yep. This oh, is Tyler. Oh, this is where I'm Tyler. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm Tyler. Um, Tyler at 5toolproductions.com or, or go ahead. Yeah, love connecting with everybody on LinkedIn. That's probably the, the best bet to just share ideas and become friends. Yeah, and if you have topics. specific topics that you think, you know, you you did at your event that you think we should try to incorporate into you know future content like this, always let us know. We're always looking for fresh ideas to ask people to, to try out at their own events as well. Absolutely. So hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got a lot out of it. And uh, I guess we'll hope to see you inside of the next event. See you next time.